of my object in writing the life here offered to the public, and of the general tone that pervades it, it may be proper that I should render some account, before proceeding farther, in order to prevent mistakes and false applications. It is true I admired the man, but what chiefly attached me to him was his being, as he had been long ago designated, the child and champion of the revolution. Of this character he could not divest himself, even though he wished it. He was nothing, he could be nothing, but what he owed to himself and to his triumphs over those who claimed mankind as their inheritance by a divine right. And as long as he was a thorn in the side of kings, and kept them at bay, his cause rose out of the ruins and defeat of their pride and hopes of revenge. He stood, and he alone stood, between them and their natural prey. He kept off that last indignity and wrong offered to a whole people, and through them to the rest of the world, of being handed over like a herd of cattle to a particular family, and chained to the foot of a legitimate throne. This was the chief point at issue. This was the great question compared with which all others were tame and insignificant. Whether mankind were, from the beginning to the end of time, born slaves or not. As long as he remained, his acts, his very existence, gave a proud and full answer to this question. As long as he interposed a barrier, a gauntlet, and an arm of steel between us and them, who alone could set up the plea of old indefeasible right over us, no increase of power could be too great that tended to shatter this claim to pieces. Even his abuse of power, and aping the style and title of the imaginary gods of the earth, only laughed their pretensions the more to scorn. He did many things wrong and foolish, but they were individual acts, and recoiled upon the head of the doer. They stood upon the ground of their own merits, and could not urge in their vindication the right divine of kings to govern wrong. They were not precedents. They were not exempt from public censure or opinion. They were not softened by prescription, nor screened by prejudice, nor sanctioned by superstition, nor rendered formidable by a principle that imposed them as sacred obligations on all future generations. Either they were state necessities extorted by the circumstances of the time, or violent acts of the will that carried their own condemnation in their bosom. Whatever fault might be found with them, they did not proceed on the avowed principle that millions were made for one, but one for millions. And as long as this distinction was kept in view, liberty was saved, and the revolution was untouched for it was to establish it that the revolution was commenced, and to overturn it that the enemies of liberty waded through seas of blood, and at last succeeded. It is the practice of the partisans of the old school to cry, Vive le roi, quand même! Long live the king, anyhow! Why do not the people learn to imitate the example? Till they do, they will be sure to be foiled in the end by their adversaries since half-measures and principles can never prevail against whole ones. In fact, Bonaparte was not strictly a free agent. He could hardly do otherwise than he did, ambition apart, and merely to preserve himself and the country he ruled. France was in a state of siege. 
a citadel in which freedom had hoisted the flag of revolt against the threat of hereditary servitude, and that, in the midst of distraction and convulsions consequent on the sentence of ban and anathema passed upon it by the rest of Europe for having engaged in this noble struggle, required a military dictator to repress internal treachery and headstrong factions and repel external force. Who then shall blame Bonaparte for having taken the reins of government and held them with a tight hand? The English, who, having set the example of liberty to the world, did all they could to stifle it? Or the continental sovereigns, who were only acquainted with its principles by their fear and hatred of them? Or the emigrants, traitors to the name of men as well as Frenchmen? Or the Jacobins, who made the tree of liberty spout nothing but blood, or its paper advocates, who reduce it to a harmless theory, or its true friends who would sacrifice all for its sake, the last, who alone have the right to call him to a severe account, will not, for they know that being but a handful or scattered, they had not the power to effect themselves what they might have recommended to him and that there was but one alternative between him and that slavery which kills both the bodies and the souls of men. There were two other feelings that influenced me on this subject. A love of glory, when it did not interfere with other things, and the wish to see personal merit prevail over external rank and circumstance. I felt pride, not envy, to think that there was one reputation in modern times equal to the ancients, and seeing one man greater than the throne he sat upon.